You're listening to a message from New Life Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. It says that because it's not him who got the call at 6 a.m. this morning. That's why there couldn't be anybody better. You know, just thinking about it, the mariachi band, you know, sometimes pastors have keyboardists. I was wondering if I could get a mariachi band behind me while I preach this morning. So just in case, I need, I need it. If you guys could get on that, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, my name's Colin. I'm so glad to be here. I am uh, the youth pastor here at the church, and I've uh, been here for about a year and a half. And uh, I absolutely love our church, and I'm so excited that I get to be here uh, Luckily, I was awake when Ron called, um, like I normally am on a Sunday, and was trying to sleep in a little longer, but uh, duty calls. So, uh, But before we get started today, I, I want to pray for Ron. Uh, you know, if it, this is a once in 29 years. He's obviously not feeling himself. Uh, and also, I want to pray for our nation. Um, you know, there's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on. And I don't know how to articulate it, but what I do know is that anything we bring to Jesus... Uh, he listens and cares for it. So uh, if you feel like so led to extend a hand, Ron just lives kind of on the other side of the tracks. So uh, point your hand that direction. And uh, Ron, if you're watching, we're praying for you. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this church and God, all the ministry that's happened and God, all the, all the ministry that's going to continue to happen. Uh, God, first we lift up our pastor, Pastor Ron, uh, and his wife, Annette. God, that uh, whatever sickness they're dealing with and being plagued with, uh, God, would you just heal them right now? You're the great physician. Um, you know what's going on with their bodies, Lord, and you know uh, exactly what they need. So give them that. And God, uh, I also just bring our nation to you. Um, I bring our, really our whole world. God, that is, there's so much hatred and there's so much violence and so many things that are, are confusing. And God, we pray that um, you would come and bring peace. God, you would come and bring love. God, you would come and bring unity. God, because together we're better, and with you, uh, we're unstoppable. So, Lord, I pray that your love would would drown out any fear, drown out any hate, drown out anything that's not of you, and instead, God, would be replaced with your your goodness and your kindness and your peace in your name. Amen. 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 Well, hey, I got got a couple announcements of my own. If you are a high school student, uh, we're doing a missions trip to San Francisco in October. Uh, And so if you're interested in going to that, we're actually having a meeting right after church uh, in the youth auditorium. So as soon as we're done here, just walk over and uh, we'll give you some more information about that. Um, Yesterday, uh, who was at the Karis Elementary uh, cleanup yesterday? Who Who was there with us? Oh, you guys can be a little louder than that. There we go. Um, this is absolutely one of my favorite things. Um, at the church I was at previous to this, we, we adopted uh, schools every year, and I loved it. And I'm so glad to hear that we were starting to do it. And last year we had, or last week, uh, yesterday, yesterday, we had like 80 volunteers come and totally uh, make this school... Uh, 
a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, this morning, I, was, I ran into somebody who was there. Uh, we're, we're in the bathroom because, you know, great conversations happen in the bathroom. And he said, man, wasn't it so cool? I got to talk to the principal yesterday. And I was like, yeah. And, and the, he said that the principal said that was the best the school had looked in nine years because of what our church did yesterday. So give yourself a round of applause. Uh, you deserve it. You guys are incredible. Um, and uh, I'm just... I really see this being a way for us to really bless our community, not only yesterday, but in the future. And, you know, as I I said last service, I I said, how cool would it be? This year we had 80, but next year we had 160. And instead of doing one school, we did two schools. And then maybe in three years we do four schools. And maybe we do five, ten, you know. What if every school district, every school in the Canby district got adopted by our church? Like, how incredible would that be? And it's possible because you guys are all amazing who, who answer the call of God when, when he asks. So uh, that's, that's what I see happening, and I love it. Um, and you guys are just an incredible church. Like I said, I've been here for, an, uh, for a year and a half now. And uh, I just fall more and more in love with you guys, more and more in love with Canby uh, every, every day, really. Um, when I got here, uh, Ron would call me up and say, hey, we've got, we've got our one-on-one meeting. Meet me at my car. And uh, I just remind you that this is the car that he says that the trunk fits two bodies. So, um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a bigger guy, so it's like somebody says, this will you fit a body in this trunk? I'm like, well, we'll see, because I'm pretty big. But when you say two bodies, it's guaranteed I'm fitting in there. Um, but luckily, he lets me ride in the passenger seat. Uh, and uh, we'll just go for a drive, and he'll share, this is this person's house, this is, you know, where this happened, and I mean, 29 years of just experience and, and, and sharing with me makes me, it made me fall more and more in love with this community, and, uh, you know, like this year, I'm coaching seventh grade football, and uh, so much fun, and such a cool opportunity to, uh, you know, get to know our community and meet more people, and, uh, you know, just fall more and more in love with it. And, you know, one of the cool things is when Ron originally started taking me on drives, I was like, this is a little weird. <laughs> like, like it, we're having a meeting, but we, you, you know, when you sit in the car, right? It's like you're, you're sitting side by side. Like you're not, it's like you're talking to the window, not, you're talking to the, and uh, so we're talking. But then what I realized is this is my chance to get to know what's going on. And now I find myself uh, driving alone, or taking other people on drives and uh, sharing about how amazing this church is, how amazing God is, what, uh, what's in store for our future. I believe that God has a really bright future for our church and believe that the best is yet to come and, and the things that we've seen in the past, we're going to see even greater things to come. And uh, so I just wanted to share that with you, that I, I love you guys. I love, love our city and I love what God's going to do in our, in our high schools and our middle school and uh, in our elementary schools. And I believe that there's a move of God waiting to be stirred up, and, and we're the agents to start. Uh, so today, the title of my message uh, is called Don't Play It Safe, and this is something that God's kind of started working on me probably the last three or four months of learning how to not play it safe, because I'm, I'm a pretty calculated person. Um, I like to take small risks that I know I'll, I'll succeed at, uh, uh, anybody identify with that? Like, you like to take risks as long as you're, like, guaranteed to succeed? Uh, 
so it's not really a risk. Uh, but I also, you know, I'm the kind of person that, like, somebody's, like, if we got plans and you call me up and say, hey, I got an idea, what if we did this instead? I'm the first person to say, totally, what's our plan? Like, what are we doing? Okay, it's cool to be spontaneous, but what's the plan? And it just, I know it drives some of my friends crazy because I'm always asking, what's the plan? Because uh, I just like to know. But God's really stirring some things up inside of me. And it started, I was in Washington, D.C. with uh, the Foursquare family and the movement. And uh, I had like a two-hour camp meeting, which next week I'm going to give you some updates, what happened at camp, what's going on with our youth. Um, like this, this is kind of spur of the moment, so I'm going to save that stuff for next week. Uh, so make sure you're here next week. We've got a lot of cool, exciting things that I'm going to share with you. So uh, I, got, I had a camp phone call, and I didn't want to sit in a business center for two hours on a camp phone call when I'm in Washington, D.C. And I had heard that everything is pretty, pretty much within walking distance of our hotel, and so I put my earbuds in, and I get on the phone, and I start walking. And something you need to know about me is I am directionally challenged. Um, And on top of that, I didn't even have a plan for where I was going to go. I just thought, if I keep walking, I've got to run into the White House at some time, right? And uh, (laughs) the answer is no, that's not true. Uh, But if you'll see here, this is the walk that I went on. I think that day I had close to like 35,000, 40,000 steps. Um, my, My Fitbit was was the high, the highest it's ever been in my life. Uh, and so I go for a walk, and I finally get to a point where I was like, I've got dinner with uh, some friends, I've got to get back. And I was like, that was a long walk, I'm not going to make it back. So I did what any good millennial do, got on my phone, called an Uber, had it come pick me up, and was super bummed that I didn't get to see any of the monuments. Uh, I just, you know, got to see the Washington, D.C. Now, the next slide will show you where I was and where all the monuments were. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was an epic fail of a, of a day. Um, camp went awesome. The meeting was great, but I missed everything. Now, the next day, I went with some friends and, who had a plan and had an idea, and we went and we saw everything, and it was amazing and really cool. Highly recommend going to it. But even this story, telling you this, while it's funny, actually deals with one of my biggest fears in life is being a failure, that I failed to even see the monuments. Like, even just sharing that, it's like, it's funny, haha. But it really is one of those moments where I was like, I was like, what a failure. Like, you couldn't even see the White House in Washington, D.C. And, like, those are, that's a place that the enemy, like, loves to get at, at me. And I don't know if you can identify with it. But I, re- I share that story because I believe that Jesus, in our failures, and Jesus in the places that we're afraid of, wants to give us a big hug and tell us that it's going to be okay. And we're going to do that through the story of Mark 5, 25 through 34. And uh, I really believe that this story is, is, is an incredible story that's going to change, hopefully, your perspective on a few things. So if we go ahead and open it up, uh, I'm going to read it to us. It says, A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately following 
the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around to the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, Jesus, you're in a crowd. It's like if we took everybody in this room and tried to cram them into these two sections here, okay? Like, you're going to touch people, right? Like, Jesus, you're, like the disciples are like, you're in a crowd, you're touching people, deal with it. And, and he said, no. And he, he looked around, and he saw the woman, to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware that she, what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to, her, said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, for today. We thank you for this message. And God, I pray that I would uh, deliver your words, not my own. And that, God, we would learn um, how much you love us and how much you care for us. In your name, amen. So this woman, she tried to play it safe, right? We read at the beginning of the story, she goes to doctors and physicians, and she's seeing all all sorts of people, and she's trying all sorts of things, and she's spending all of her money to get well, right? These are the things that are are safe, and these are the things that are going to make you better, like that's been proven by the world, that it's going to be okay. Like, if you go do this, right? If you get sick, you go see a doctor, you get better, right? Like, that's, that's the formula. That's how, how things are done. And so she, she does this, and it doesn't work. So she's tried everything that the world has to offer, you know, the things that were supposed to heal her. But she had heard about Jesus. Now, this is something that uh, actually, even between service, kind of struck me. It's like she had only heard of Jesus, she had no proof that Jesus was actually doing what people said he did. She had no proof that he was who he said he was. There was no evidence in her, in her life that said Jesus was the way for her to be healed. So she had heard of Jesus. And, I mean, if you think about how unknown somebody you don't even know, never seen, how scary that can be how risky it would be to put everything you have in that. If you know, somebody come, comes up to you and says, hey, this person is going to totally change your life. I want you to invest everything you have in them. Like, that's scary, right? Somebody you've never met, you've never seen anything they do, but somebody tells you, this is what's going to change your life. And so... This woman hears about Jesus, hears he's coming through town, and so she plans her, she plans her life around this moment where she's going to go and touch Jesus. Going to him wasn't playing it safe. Because we see it now when we know the end of the story that she was healed, right? We see that and we go, oh wow, that was the safe bet. Like that's, you know, the guarantee Jesus is going to heal you. But there was no guarantee Jesus was going to heal her. There's no guarantee that she would even be able to get to him. But you know what? She was willing to risk it all to try it out, to get to Jesus. And you know what? What happened was she ends up pushing like, the crowd aside. She has to push people out of her way. She's probably crawling on the ground. I mean, she's getting dirty. She's getting filthy. She's pushing. People are tripping on her, kicking her, all sorts of things. But she knew that if she could get there, that Jesus would change everything. She was willing to take that risk with Jesus. 
I think that we could probably identify a little bit with this woman. Now, maybe you don't have an illness or you, you haven't been suffering for something, with something for 12 years physically. But I think in some fashion, we can all relate with having uh, deficiencies and having things in our life that we need Jesus for. Insecurities. Uh, lies that have been told to us, about us. Things that we want to be healed from. You know, Jesus' desire for all of us is that we're complete. Is that we don't feel like we're missing something. His desire for your life is that you would feel called and you would feel like you have purpose. You would feel that you matter, that you're amazing, that you're incredible. God wants you to feel like the most important person in the world. Like, that's how you should feel about yourself. And until you feel like you are the son of the king, his mission is to make you feel loved. His mission is to make you feel complete. And you know what? Maybe you've got things in your life that you've tried the things of the world. You've tried to do what people have told you to do. You've tried the things that are are true, that are going to give you happiness or get you healing or make you whole. But you find yourself, just like this woman, empty. Because the things of the world, it, they're not working. But you, maybe you've heard of Jesus. Maybe you've seen Jesus do something in people's lives. And you're willing to risk with him. And it's not safe. It's a little scary. Because anytime you bring something to Jesus, this is one of my big fears, is that if I go to Jesus, he's going to expose me. And when I hear, like, when, I don't know, like, when I, when I was writing this and I, I wrote that down, like, expo- I was like, ooh, exposed is such a, like, dirty word. Like, I don't, I don't want to be exposed. But the way that Jesus does it isn't like, hey, everybody, I just want you to know, Colin's an idiot. <laughs> like, that's not how he exposes people. He exposes people by bringing them in and loving them. Allowing us to touch his garment to be healed. Just to get in his presence. The woman didn't even really need to touch Jesus' garment. What she needed to do was get in his presence. And once she was there, she was healed. If we go to Jesus with our stuff, it's risky. Risk that we're being exposed. Risk that we may have to deal with our feelings. We have to risk that maybe we're going to have to grow. And maybe God's calling us to do something a little bit different than what we've been doing. And I don't know if you're like me. I like routine and I like knowing what I'm getting into. And so that's kind of scary. But if there's no risk, there's no reward, right? Like if we don't take the big step, like you don't reap a big reward, let me tell you something about Jesus is that whenever you bring anything to him, his light destroys the darkness. That there's no chance for anything but his love to exist in his presence. If you go to him with your problems, you go to him with things that you're dealing with, you go to him and you bring him to him. His, the light shines on it, not to expose it to the world to see how terrible of a person you are or your deepest, darkest secret, but instead so that it, it can disappear. Because the light that he shines is so bright, nothing can come through it but his love. And when you do that, he eradicates the presence of darkness, the, the presence of fear, with the fruit of his spirit. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all these things become what he puts in your life instead of what you brought. And when we have stuff that we feel condemned by, anybody have anything that they feel condemns them? My hand's up. Like, just letting you know. Um, moment, like, the things that you feel condemn you are about you. It's about you feeling inadequate. It's about you feeling like what I can do to fix it. And this is something that God really just oh, got me with earlier. Um, but when you bring it to him, it's about his grace. And it's about what he can do. And what he has already done for you. Which has paid the debt. You see, sin can't keep you from Jesus. I think a lot of times we think, I can't do something because there's sin in my, I can't get to Jesus or I can't do what God has called me to do. I can't be the witness that I'm supposed to be because there's sin in my life. It can't keep you from Jesus because he's already paid for it. He's already paid the debt on it. You're already free. You're already redeemed because that's, that's who he is. He went ahead and paid the bill ahead of time knowing fully well what it was going to be, knowing what things you were going to do, knowing what things you were going to go through, what things were going to happen, how you are going to process things, he paid it in full so that you and him could be in relationship. And then there's the next part of the story, which I always read, I read you know, Jesus says, who touched me? I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes our, our experiences can determine how we filter uh, God's love and, and Jesus in our life. Because I used to read that as like, who touched me? Like Jesus was upset. Uh, it's like, I worked at a place where anytime my boss called, I knew I was in trouble. Like it was like, look at the phone. <sighs> what I do this time? Answer. You did this. Da, 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 da. You're in trouble. And so every time I pick up the phone for my boss, you know what it was? Just this gut feeling that I was like, oh. Like I didn't hear from him when I did well. I didn't hear from him. It was anytime I failed, I got a phone call. And then fast forward a little bit here. Um, Ron likes to randomly call me at random times, like six in the morning on Sundays. Um, but my first few months here, anytime Ron called, I was like, oh boy, what did I do? I'm in trouble. And it was, hey, just thinking about you. I want to let you know you're awesome. <laughs> I am awesome. That's right. <laughs> Thanks. But, I mean, that investment actually changed now. You know, whenever he calls, I'm not like, oh, what I do? Because um, if that was the case, I probably wouldn't have answered his phone call at 6 a.m. Like, Sunday morning, I haven't even been to church yet, and I'm in trouble. Um, but because... The way he spoke to me and what he said to me when he called, it was never in trouble. It was just, I just want to let you know I was thinking about this or, hey, what did you think about this? Um, And it totally changed how I filter that. The same is true about God. Like, I thought Jesus was so mad. Like, who dared touch me? But really the story is like, who touched me? Who, Who was that? Because the woman just wanted to touch and disappear. And, and Jesus wanted her to know that he loved her so much. Jesus wanted to let her know that she was healed, forgiven, and he, wanted, he didn't want to just 
talked to her like she was down on the ground. He wanted to pick her up. And he wanted to give her a hug. And say, it's going to be okay. I love you. I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. And you know, this is a woman who suffered for 12 years with an ailment. That I could just imagine that interaction, right? Bringing that to Jesus allowed her to move on with her life and see the next step and the next places that she was going to go. And I think that's what Jesus wants to do with us. Like, he's not mad. Like, I think sometimes we can think that God's mad at us because we're human, because we fail, because we're not perfect. And the truth is, is that he's not, he's not mad at all. He actually just wants to give us a hug and say, I love you. And I don't know about you, but every once in a while I could just use that, right? Just a hug that says, I love you. I care about you. You're awesome. You're amazing. Like, and that's what Jesus wanted to tell her. He wanted to let her know that the transformation that she sought after was happening. And I don't know where you are in your relationship with Jesus. And I don't know if you, you know, been following the Lord for hundreds of years and, you know, faithful. And, uh, or I don't know if you're still trying to figure it out. Like, I don't even really know if I believe in Jesus or not. His response to us is the same. That I love you. And maybe you're in a place where you're like, I'm not really, you know, I love Jesus, but we're kind of in a rocky relationship. Uh, can I let you know? lovingly that it's on you. His thoughts towards you have never changed. His thoughts about you have never changed. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he loves you so much. And Jesus wants to give you a hug today and let you know that whatever you're dealing with, if you can push the crowd aside, and get to him. Push life aside and get to him. Things can change. Things will change. I mean, that's what he's doing in me. A situation at, uh, that, that involves some things and some people, and it just ended up leaving me very broken and brittle and uh, feeling like a failure feeling like I didn't measure up. And, uh, you know, fast forward about a year and three months after this situation, I find myself uh, in almost the same exact situation. And I said, how did I get here again? What did I do? My heart's racing. My heart is just like getting ready to explode because I'm like, I'm feeling like what happened was about to repeat itself. And I remember what God lovingly said to me in that moment. He said, I'm not here to repeat the things of your past. I'm here to redeem them. And that's what you need to know is that maybe you feel like you're stuck and maybe you feel like, you know, the things of your past and the things that have kept you from Jesus keep repeating themselves. But you know what? He wants to redeem it. He doesn't want you to repeat it. He doesn't want you to live through that again. He wants to redeem it. Your past isn't what determines your future. It's Jesus who does.
And I think if we can learn to push the crowd aside, and when I'm saying crowd, I'm not saying like the literal crowd, but I'm talking about the things in our life that get in the way of us getting to Jesus. Because I think we all have them. Um, I'm a pastor. I guess you could say I'm a professional Christian or, or something. I'm, I'm, pay, I'm paid to follow Jesus. Uh, in a, in a, just kidding. Don't. Sorry. <laughs> just take that off the internet, please. <laughs> Somebody's going to cut that up and it's going to say, I'm paid to be a Christian. It's over now. It was good while it lasted. Um, but I find myself too busy to spend time with Jesus. Too busy doing things for him to spend time with him. And I think there's a lot of things that get in the way of it. For me, you know what one of the enemy's biggest creations was? Snooze button. I'm telling you, it's from the devil. <laughs> so tempting, right? I can get an extra eight minutes of sleep, five, six, seven times a morning. <laughs> It's funny, but it's true, right? Just a little extra sleep causes us to wake up a little later, which causes us to get out the door a little later, which maybe if you're like me, you like your morning time with Jesus, uh, that disappears. For me, it's fear. Fear that I'll be exposed. Fear that my inadequacies will come out. Fear that um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss something or you know, I'm not going to do it right. And so why bring it to God if it's not going to be done right. Just so backwards, right? Like saying it out loud sounds silly, but I think internally we, we're afraid of bringing, bringing our mess to Jesus. But that's what he wants. He doesn't say, all you who've got everything together and are in your suit and ready to go to church, come, come to me. No, he says, everybody who's weary and tired and beat up and exhausted Come hang out with me and find rest. Busyness, doing things. Life is busy, especially like I work with youth, right? And so I get to, I get to see how busy parents are. It's, it's incredible. I was talking to a parent and they, they were telling me about they have to drop off little Johnny at football practice and 10 minutes later little Susie's at soccer practice and little Annie's got dance practice and little Tommy's got tumbling practice, and they're all, you know, like driving this place, that place, this place. They're going all over the place and just so busy. They're like, I don't know when I'm going to stop. Can I tell you, take a cue from this woman? And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying don't let your kids do anything or, you know, it's not what I'm trying to say, but figure out how you're going to push the crowd aside how you're going to push busyness aside and actually spend time with Jesus. Because it's in his presence we're transformed. As his presence, we feel complete. Because we were designed to walk with God through the garden every day. But sin came in and so did busyness. Uh, you know, things like loneliness are real. And like not wanting to go to Jesus because you feel lonely it sounds so backwards as well, but it's true, right? It's like, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Jesus would want to hang out with a loner like me. It's like, no, he's exactly who you want to hang out with. And you're not a loner because you're with him. 
If you can learn to give these things to God, the things in your life that are keeping you from him, it's going to be amazing. It's going to change your life. And I, I, I would just challenge you that if wherever you are in your relationship with God and trying to figure it out, cast aside the distractions. Push the things away that, that have gotten in, in your way of him uh, because it, it will totally change you. And your future is so much brighter than your past. And I just want, I want this group to know this morning that he sees you in all of your pain. He hears every tear that falls. He loves you so much. And that those things that you hate about yourself the most are things that he says, I love you for. And so I would just, I want you to know that you're so loved. And God has an incredible plan. And I believe that the best is yet to come for our city. The best is yet to come uh, for our families. That God is going to be doing something incredible, incredible. If we can just learn to push aside the things of life and take a minute to get to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, I just pray anybody who came in today feeling alone, feeling afraid, feeling inadequate, uh, that God, you would just cover them with your love. God, that you'd cover them with your peace. God, anybody here uh, facing anxiety, God, we pray peace right now. Um, we pray that we would identify uh, things that have gotten in our way of being with you and uh, so that we could go out and love people the way that you love us so that our city can come to know that Jesus is Lord and he loves us, that the city would be saved by your grace, God. God, I pray for families that are, are feeling tension right now with school starting. Um, God, any, any financial difficulties, God, bring, uh, bring peace and bring clarity, God, and bring provision. And God, we just pray over everyone here that you would continue to grow in, in your relationship with God. In your name, amen. Well, I love you guys. You're awesome. Thank you uh, for being here. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbyfoursquare.com.